You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, bringing together the best technical leaders to talk about the industry, passions and challenges that they're facing. I'm Abby Stokes. I help businesses connect with tech talent and I'm your host for today's episode. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Thomas Larson, Abhishek Sharan, Per Rustram and Frederick Agablom to discuss what makes a good leader. Before we get into the topic, let's work our way around the group with some introductions. So Abhishek, would you like to kick us off? Yes. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Abhishek. I've, I'm working as a engineering manager at Snow Software. I uh, have been working uh, at Snow Software since 2015, uh, with a little bit of break in between in where I went to another company and then came back. Uh, I have been working as a, a, a leader uh, at Snow for about uh, four-ish years now. Um, uh, before that, I was a people, I mean, I was a techie. I was uh, uh, a developer and tester both uh, for major part of my career. But uh, apart from that, I got introduced to uh, scrum and uh, started uh, working as a scrum master and that's where I started uh, uh, building my uh, leadership skills majorly so yeah that's pretty much about me lovely thank you Per will come to you next yeah hi everyone Per Rudström I work at uh, Folksam as a manager in uh, some tech teams I've been like in the tech industry for just uh, seven years at Folksam in four years and before that I, uh, I was a headmaster or principal I'm not really sure what it's called in English but so I've been working in schools and teaching kids and uh, managing teachers for like 11 years before that so I have a different background but really nice and working as a leader almost all my working life yeah brilliant thank you Thomas we'll come to you next Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Thomas. I'm from north of Sweden, but I've been living quite long in Stockholm. And currently I'm a tech manager at Settle by PayPal. I've been that for a little bit more than a year now. I'm managing an area with two agile teams doing product development. Uh, and before going into fintech, I have worked in telecom and retail. And looking back, I must say that I've really appreciated being able to combine working with both technology and people. Uh, and I've been mostly in leading roles throughout my career. And when I'm not working in my free time, I enjoy traveling, good movies and ice cream. Brilliant. Thank you, Thomas. And Frederick, last but not least, we'll come to you. Yeah. Hello, everybody. I'm uh, Frederick Åkerblom. Um, I'm a cloud ops manager in uh, Solvos. I've been with Solvos for uh, four years plus something like that. And uh, before that, I I was a team lead at um, uh, Nix uh, Gaming Solutions. Um, so traditionally, I, I'm from the from the sysadmin world. So been within the tech part of the uh, of the business. Uh, quite some while, I don't remember. I did uh, uh, 10 years at Ericsson where, where I start, that's where I started. So I've always been within the uh, tech business. Um, spare time, I like ice cream, as we all said uh, <laughs> previously. Uh, and uh, other than that, uh, I guess now a bit of a foodie, like travel, uh, see if we can get uh, going with some travels again after the whole Corona situation. Um, have two daughters and a dog, so hands full, I guess. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you, Frederick. So now that we've got a context to each of you, we'll move on to the topic in focus. You've all prepared a question for the topic of what makes a good leader. And as usual, I'll work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Each of you will then have an opportunity to give your take on the situation. So, Pear, we're going to start with you. And you've asked what day-to-day -day actions contribute to leadership the most? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because I've been working as a leader quite a long time. And I think it's hard and varying thing to do. 
as working as a leader, even if you're a boss or manager, or if you're just a leader in, in that kind of role. And I've been thinking about what, what, what day-to-day actions, what are the actions that actually makes a good leader? What makes the difference uh, when, when you work? It's, it will not be a PowerPoint slide or nothing, nothing like that will do anything big. So then my thoughts have been, what small actions do I do and others do that contribute to, to be a great leader? So yeah, that's my take and my question. And I'm really curious what you think about it and yeah. Brilliant, thank you. Um, Thomas, we'll come to you first. Oh, of course. Um, when I heard this question, I immediately thought about the first leadership book I read. Uh, it was maybe 15 years ago or even more. And the sort of core of that book was set goals, listen, give feedback. Um, and that has stuck with me all the time. And I always come back to that sort of but nowadays, I think a little bit more like give guidance and direction and empathize and give appreciation. It feels a little bit more modern, I think. Um, and then I think uh, it's, it's very important to build trust. Uh, because without trust uh, or, or with trust, magic starts to happen. It's only then you can start to challenge and get discussions going build commitment and engagement. So that that's uh, the key question for me. How do I build trust? Uh, and I haven't really figured it out fully yet, but I think that by being genuine and authentic myself, uh, having empathy, and uh, I always challenge myself to give appreciation and feedback continuously. So that is my take on that. Does, it's maybe not small, small actions. It's it's more arching. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Frederick. What about you? Yeah, I was also thinking like you have you have your tools. Maybe um, I uh, I like to to talk with my team, and I, I guess it's it it must be different. Just thinking about being like if you're uh, in a IT industry and maybe like being in the school industry or like the school. Maybe there's difference there, but as I see it, uh, I uh, I also uh, like Thomas was uh, talking about. I think it's about uh, building trust. That's a that's a huge one. Uh, I really agree with that. Uh, like in in with my team, I I usually I, I try to 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 be the one that. Uh, mentors and helps them like if they have any impediments like if they're whatever I can do to make to have them do their job best their best that's like what I do uh, some days maybe that's not much I need to do some days I, I need to do something more right so day to day it, it's a good question I, I don't I don't have a specific but uh, they need to have the trust to come to me when they need my help or when they have something they, they need need uh, support with. That's uh, that's where where I see myself day to day. Brilliant, Abhishek. What do you think? Um, yeah, all of what you guys said. But apart from, and I, I do it. Um, my way of doing it is basically to build a relationship with everybody who is there in the team, and uh, for building that relationship. Uh, I organize or I, I organize one-on-ones with them. Um, and depends on uh, the on, on different people. Uh, sometimes it is every week, sometimes it is every other week. And uh, there are a couple of things which I talk about. I talk about their family, I talk about their kids, I talk about their uh, their parents, I talk about their holidays, vacations, their interests. Uh, I have uh, some conversations which has gone for, um, I generally do it for 15 minutes, but some conversation has gone for about an hour where I just talk about video games with them and just get uh, inputs from them about uh, what game should I, what game should I play next? So it has gone to that level as well. And lastly, I 
in these one on ones, I talk about work. Uh, when it comes to uh, giving kudos to them or giving feedback to them, I don't wait for uh, the one on ones, and I have uh, I have the same expectation from the other side as well that um, if you have done something awesome, uh, I will appreciate you right away. And uh, if uh, uh, if we need to improve somewhere together, then I will give a feedback right away. And uh, the basic intention is to celebrate uh, the victory and to celebrate the failure as well. It's very important for people to understand that we have to celebrate the failure because that is when you learn something and that's very important. So um, there are a lot of tasks uh, which which end up into my pocket while doing all this. One of, of few of them is to talk to other people in the organization to network with them so that uh, I have a solution. Maybe a solution for everybody in my team already readily available somewhere else in the organization and I can just point it to them go talk to them and they will be able to solve your problem straight away. So I build a network in the organization. For getting my things done and to get uh, my colleagues stuff done as well. And it is not only in technical side. I uh, I try to make network in the finance. I try to make network in uh, the product management, uh, HR services, wherever, whatever function in the organization is there. I just try to make it create a network there so that there are least hurdles uh, available for them when they are on a, onto a task. So yeah, that and there are, there are so many things that this creates a long list of things which you do on a day to day activity. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you, you mentioned building trust and building relationships. I think it's important that we get to know our team past just doing tasks for us or just doing work. So Frederick, Thomas, how do you build relationships with your teams? I think it's the same for me. One-on-ones is, is uh, very powerful and I think it's also very needed. And then especially during the pandemic, uh, you cannot just grab a colleague coffee machine and have a quick five minute talk you need to really schedule them um so, so, so that's i agree that's important with the one ones to say frederick yeah i've i've had the same i've uh, we have a, a weekly booked slot and then it, it it's okay to skip one like if something is if they're really busy and they have a lot of things then it's up to them if they want to skip then it's okay I'm, I'm not allowed, um, exactly. but uh, I also try to build a relationship. It, it's it's sort of different. Like some people, you you spend 90% uh, of the time just uh, chatting about things. Uh, maybe there's no no need to really go deep in in work. Uh, and I guess that sort of depends on where we are and and what we're doing. Like sometimes uh, it's like uh, just a quick intro and then. Uh, there's a long list of things that you want to go through, right? So, but uh, yeah, that's different. Uh, and I, I also, I, I do one-on-ones with my leaders, and I, I try to to have as many one-on-ones with the, like the the what Abby said was uh, networking, right? So maybe they're not formally one-on-ones, but uh, I try to to have uh, networking connections with our other people in the business and make sure uh, try to learn and, and see how how we interact and how we can build a relationship and then apply it where it's needed, whereas it's needed. So I think that's, that's my take. It could, be, it could be like that uh, trust is built by building relationships. Yeah. Probably, probably building relations seems to be uh, like going through everything here. Uh, I thought so too, but I, I also think that um, that uh, that these actions I'm looking for are like different for every people. So you you can see some main lines, but but the actual actions are are 
different because they are different people, different needs and need different things to to feel trust. But I also try to be totally transparent with all my employees so that they they that's one thing I I think is quite successful to 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 build trust, to be transparent, even if Sometimes it it involves talking about other people, but not in detail, but a little bit and and other people's needs just to get them to understand why I act in one way or another. And I trust them. And the more my my what I see is that the more I trust them and the more transparent I get, the more trust I get. So that's really effective, I think. But I thought when 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 you were talking, I, I think I, I wonder a little bit why why I do this, and I think it's like always to develop my th- myself to look at these small actions because I think it's like in that in that one that case I think one on one is a quite big thing. That's not a small action. I think it's what you say by the coffee machine about what yeah. you've seen or heard about someone or give them feedback or things like that. So I think it's really interesting to to be aware of what your actually what your actions are to be a great leader. Perhaps it's just to get uh, trust, but I'm not really sure. But I think it's really interesting, and the more experience you get, the more delicate it gets. Also, brilliant. Does anyone have any final thoughts on that topic before we move on to our next question? I would just like to mention that it's also about uh, what to not do, like um, make sure to delegate and make other rise and shine from that and prioritize um, to to sort of cut things away. And and top it up, um, there are certain tasks which you get, which you can easily do because you have a history, you have an experience. But if you, as part of being a leader, one responsibility which I have learned in uh, past few years is to delegate some of the key activities which is challenging for your uh, other teammates so that they get a chance to shine by doing that and grow with the experience which uh, they gain from doing that. So uh, ask you can you can you can do a task yourself as well but you can ask, uh, I'm planning to do it this way. Uh, do you think you have a better idea of doing it? Because you, I, I know that you have a skill around this area. So can you please suggest me? Yes, I have that. So, okay, fine. Uh, could you do it your way and then we can uh, revisit it again? Because you can do it yourself as well. But if somebody else does it, there's a chance of them to grow in that area. So give them opportunity to flourish, shine and grow as well. That's also a part of um, your responsibility on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. Sounds good. Um, Lovely. So we'll move on to our next question, which is Fredericks. And you asked, what are your stronger characteristics and how do you balance your weaker ones? So give us some context behind this question. yeah yeah i guess it's sort of a get to know your question right uh, i would like to see how other people uh, do it uh, and how they look at it uh, basically one thing we we talk a lot about in, in solvers is the the ability to 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 dial up and dial down your your abilities because uh, we're all different uh, as leaders and uh, some are maybe maybe a, a bit more direct or somebody or maybe uh, have different topics and I think uh, what we we work with a lot with in, in Solos is to to be aware of that and try to to dial up and dial down and, and things like that so I, I wanted to to get some um, some opinions or or, or uh, experiences from from you guys like I know how we do it but I, I would like to hear if you're doing this something similar or how you approach that. Brilliant. Thank you. Abhishek will come to you first. Uh, it is it is a very hard uh, situation over here uh, when you have a strong characteristic and uh, you want to balance it 
out with uh, balance it out with your regular behavior and uh, uh, if if you ask me if you you need to be very very well aware of what are your strong characteristics and while you are acting upon uh, a, a task you that that's one of the big responsibility of you as a leader to uh, take a couple of steps back, think about what you're going to, uh, how you're going to approach it and how you're going to uh, uh, approach your colleagues so that uh, your strong characteristics do not come out, the biasism about certain things do not come out. And uh, that basically comes by uh, how do I do it is uh, by thinking about what I'm going to talk about a particular uh, discussion when I have to do it with uh, my colleagues or uh, uh, colleagues from other departments, uh, giving a thought, thinking about uh, and framing it, planning a little bit in your mind. You don't need to write everything as a presentation, but just do a dress rehearsal of uh, the meeting in your head. And uh, uh, this doesn't happen in all of your meetings, thankfully. This happens in few of the critical and sensitive meetings where you have to prepare yourself. Otherwise, when you're having a one-on-one with your colleagues on a day-to-day -day basis or a weekly basis, then you build such a trust that even if you say something wrong, they should be able to correct you at that time. They should dare to correct you. Certain certain um, leaders I have seen that they have they, they are a bit bossy. So the people who are working with them, they have a little bit of uh, resistance in bringing up their thought out and it is uh, your responsibility as a leader to build such a trust and relationship with them that if you are doing something wrong they should be able to bring it up straight away and they should be able to uh, act with you like they act with any other colleague or a, or a friend so uh, that's one of the better ways of uh, uh, overpowering your strong characteristics. If you tell them upfront, number one, and build a relationship where there is openness. That's that's my viewpoint on that. Brilliant. Thank you. Pear, we'll come to you next. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I, I, I like uh, Abhishek said, it's like really important to know yourself, but it's also a learning journey for both the leader and everyone else. So I think you should, there's, I think it's different ways to, uh, to get to both, both to get to know yourself and, and your team and get them to know you and how you work and other leaders work. And we, I actually done a different couple of different things. Uh, one is to, uh, to meta communicate with my teams and talk before every me before meetings and before how I act and I expect them to act so they know so we like rehearse on how to react on different ways and then it will be easier to give feedback but then there's another problem some people are quite need quite a lot more time than others to think about things and they probably not cannot give feedback directly on that meeting and that's not because they don't want to, they actually need to think about it and it has to get down into them and they have to think about it then. So, and I'm mostly really fast. So that's a bad thing. So then you have to pause it and just have have that scheduled for yourself and, and say, okay, we talk about this tomorrow and then we will take a decision if we need to, or we'll get back to it and decide together in the team or whatever what we want to do. That's different ways to, to handle things. 
But then I have done to to get to know myself. I, I ask for feedback, of course, from the team, but it's not always that they say things. But sometimes I bring colleagues just to give me feedback. And we're often two colleagues to to look at each other and and have every meeting like we are going to have after this podcast. We're going to t- think about a little bit of how, how it went. We do that with meetings also and have a retro on the meeting and say, okay, what we, what we did we do well and what did we do bad? What do we want to do next time? And how did I, I act? How did you, uh, how did you understand me? And try to get different perspective on what you do. And I think that's an ongoing journey all the time. You never get to fully learn about it. And it's really interesting. Absolutely. I think it's important to get feedback for your team and, and feedback for them, but also for them to feedback on you because everyone's all learning all the time, aren't they? Thomas, what do you think? Oh, it's so interesting. <clears throat> um, definitely feedback and getting to know yourself because uh, anyone can be a good leader. It doesn't matter who you are and how you are, as long as you know your characteristics and how to balance them. <laughs> um, a strong characteristic can be good in some situations, but it can also be an encumbrance in others. So awareness makes you know how to tone down and, and adjust that. But it's a little bit more problematic when when there's a weak characteristic. Um, then I have to challenge myself and practice. For example, I will never be comfortable in talking in front of people, but I can then compensate that by, I do have a pedagogical side and I can communicate quite clearly. So so that can compensate for, for that part. On the other hand, then I may have to compensate for being too clear and direct with a bit of, <laughs> with a bit of empathy. And also myself, I can be, I can have a quite pragmatic approach, but sometimes then I have to tell myself, Thomas, let's follow the process. So I, I think awareness and knowing yourself, then you can balance the strong ones when needed and, and uh, you can always challenge yourself in practice when, when you think there is a need. Absolutely. Frederick, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I was looking for a, a good question, and uh, I, I thought I found one. But um, it's it's kind of a there's not going to be a, a clear answer, right? So uh, it's uh, I I like what uh, Paris said. It's it's a journey, right? We we, we need to constantly evaluate them. Uh, it seems we're all doing sort of the same things, the retros and all of those things. I think we all had uh, different tools. Um, so, uh, but I guess that's the that's the fun part of of being in in leadership. We're we're always uh, need to evaluate ourselves and uh, need to to grow. Like uh, you're never done. <laughs> so, but I don't no, also yeah. I also think you need to get the retros and and the feedback on yourself. It has to be painfully clear. Yes. Otherwise, it won't it won't get to you because you don't want to change. So I think no, I think even if you say it, it's not true. So I think it needs to be. It, it doesn't need to be painful, but it need, really needs to be direct and go to what do to your heart and what you actually are doing, even if it's good or bad. I think I, I was thinking a bit uh, when I asked the question uh, what Thomas was saying. Like we know our characteristics or we, we should know it at least where we are strong and weak and then that's the, the, the um, how we use that like how would feedback of course you you um Perry, you, you knew where you were maybe a bit too quick so you, you knew that okay I, I need to maybe wait a while before having the group taking this decision and all of that so that was what i was looking for but yeah Seems uh, seems we're all uh, having the same experiences, uh, so that's the. I think that's the journey to do to to be aware and get that self awareness um, and uh, keep working on on both those strong and weak characteristics. I guess. Thank you. Lovely. Hello. Thank you. Go on, Thomas. 
Yeah, I just want to say that at PayPal we have a tool called Effectiveness Review. I've heard about it, but it's I've been so surprised and amazed on how how good it is and how everyone is embracing it. Both managers and employees, uh, it's driven by each individual person. And gathering feedback from peers and uh, taking that forward. And I've been participating in a few, and it's also amazing to see how, how uh, consistent and aligned uh, people are, that many see the same thing. So it's a really good tool for getting this feedback. Brilliant, that sounds really interesting actually. Um, well, Thomas, it is your question next. Um, so you asked, how can a leader balance between control and influence? So tell us more about that. Yeah, thank you. That will be a little bit of a prelude to, to the very last question. Um, the question comes a little bit from leading a self-organized team, uh, which I am doing right now. and. I'm not part of the day-to-day -day activities all of the time. Uh, so sometimes I feel a little bit like a, a surgeon doing keyhole surgery. I'm, I'm not there, but I'm trying to uh, <laughs> to look at things and, and get the information that I, I can and, and uh, handle things. So how to do this? Uh, this dilemma has haunted me for some time. And it wasn't until recently someone put words on, on this dilemma. How do I influence and lead the team without the team or the members perceiving it as they being controlled? So that that is the background and the frame to the question. Brilliant, thank you. And um, Pear will come to you first. I think it's really tricky, and uh, and uh, I have actually some follow-up questions on your question. I, I, <laughs> And, and one is, uh, yeah, and, and one is if it's a self-organizing team and you're not uh, in the activities, uh, why do you need control and influence? That's I think, and that's the the main question because I think I'm I'm also manager over self-control teams in a more agile organization. I'm not a part of it, and we have product owners that do the backlogs and everything like that. So I'm not supposed to influence the teams too much. And I and and it's of course that's uh, quite hard. And I think my work is I, 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 so I think about what what is my actual work? Do I need control? Of, often I you get back to I, I just want to check this. You're curious and things like that. So so my 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 thing is about being curious on what the team is doing. Because that that makes them go further and that influences them to do what they supposed to do, not what I think they're supposed to do. And I think that is one of the main things I'm trying to think about. Um, I, I'm not always doing that right because I want to be there and 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 do things, but and I actually want to be participate in what they are doing. Sometimes I can do that, but Mostly, I'm not supposed to. So, I think that is my uh, my take on it. That to be cu really, really curious and and think that they to expect them to do a really, really good job and what they're doing, and that's uh, mostly working quite good. Brilliant, thank you, Frederick. We'll come to you next. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it comes to to the control part, I, I think it's really hard. You, you need to make sure you're not micromanaging. That's like the biggest trap where the leaders always uh, needs to avoid, uh, and it's not always hard, uh, easy. But I, I think we talk about uh, creating a compelling vision. That's all. So I think that's where you maybe need to, if you have a team that's doing all the they know how to to solve their day-to-day -day work. It's more about uh, uh, giving them the the road ahead and and uh, and build that uh, that uh, vision forward. Um, so it's a bit fuzzy, I guess. It's it's kind of hard. Uh, you need to to adjust this to the to the organization, I guess. Like if you have product owners or other things in the organization that 
may require you to to help the team. Uh, but of course, if if they most most of these self uh, self growing teams, they 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 can handle the the day to day, and you shouldn't really try to to interfere. Uh, but of course, being curious is a really good one, like uh, because that ties into the whole thing of giving kudos and uh, celebrating their victories and all of that. So that that's the I'm I'm more of a uh, I like to do the whole coaching part and, uh, and mentoring. So so whatever being there, uh, celebrating the victories with them and uh, uh, lifting all the people that that are doing a, a great job. That's that's uh, where I see myself uh, working with that. The controlling part is probably one of my weaker uh, uh, characteristics, so I'm not uh, good in that part. And I think that's for the all these uh, self uh, going teams. That's a good thing, right? But um, yeah, yeah, there's uh, times where that's needed also. So brilliant, Abshek. Yeah, I completely agree with whatever uh, you guys said. I was having a thought about this. Uh, control and influence and uh, my basic uh, thought process which I've built up in a couple of uh, years um, or three four years uh, being a leader is that basically people who work with us in the organization the good thing is number one they are human beings number two they are grown-ups and when these two things combine first of all they Human beings are a super race. They they can achieve anything which they want. <clears throat> we have seen it over and over again, and we are evolving throughout. And when they are grown up, most of them, most of the human beings who are who have grown up, otherwise we say grow up guys. So most of the human beings who have grown up, they have good intention. They want to do good for the organization, and in turn. What they want for themselves is to grow themselves. So if we have that as a thought process behind us at the back of our head, then we would just let them go. Enjoy the work which they are doing. And if we give that freedom to them and trust them on that, we don't need all this control and influence at all. That's where the team start becoming a self-organized team. They know what they want to achieve and what all things will they do by which they will make name for the company and the name for themselves. Uh, but at the same time, we as human beings are as well curious. And in, if that is the situation, then we want to know what's happening. If you just leave your team to do whatever they want and you don't get yourself a little bit involved, then they will start disconnecting from you. Then they will start thinking that, oh, this guy doesn't know anything. So be there. Look at if you're using a tool uh, for uh, the project management like Jira, for instance, create your own dashboard to so that you can get a lot of information very quickly and use that information to educate yourself about how the team is doing. And uh, that will uh, that will let you ask the right questions to the team. Uh, most of the time, uh, it might be possible that you might ask wrong questions or you will have a wrong influence. But uh, again, you should build up the team in such a way that they should correct you when you're wrong as well. So that's basically um, helps you going forward um, without much of control and influence, actually. Lovely. Uh, Thomas, back to you. Yeah, I think it's very clever and wise comments uh, to ask the right questions. How do I know to do that and how do I know like you said, Apicek and Frederick, how what kudos should I give, and uh, which victories should I celebrate, and what feedback should I give? Uh, I, I think it ties back to what you said, Pal, about 
uh, curiosity. When I was thinking about this question, um, influence is, is not about always uh, pushing the team to something or imposing something. It's, it's also about um, putting the team first and, and taking care of the team and, and caring for them. Whereas control is more self-interest and, and uh, something egoistic for me. So uh, the word curiosity is, is uh, key here. I totally agree with you. Another thought I got when I saw your question was that uh, that you actually had some things that you were supposed to do as a manager also. So so you actually have an agenda, but no team or no no one to do it because that's a little bit my situation at least. So I actually need to have control from some things or have the risk, but then I, I carry the risk myself. So one of my mm. thoughts about that, because I don't want to control the team because what exactly. the, everyone said here, it's really yeah. not good to control them because mm. it doesn't, you don't give, get self-leadership or anything for the team and that's really bad. So my thought was to, to let them know what I'm measured on. If that's the case, it, in some cases, if you got demands on yourself to control something, then then you perhaps need to involve in the team and say, this is what I'm measured on and I will need some things from you. That's why I'm doing this. So they understand it. So we're, we're back at transparency there again. Yeah. It's also a keyword here. I just built up a sentence uh, right now. And that is your team is basically a treasure of pleasant surprises. Nice. I just, while talking to you guys, I just, I just built it up. And uh, basically, when I look back at my team and I really want something, I call for a meeting and it happened with me today. I call for a meeting. Everybody's there in the team and I bring up this idea. I am there to talk to you about this particular thing and I want to collect this information from you. So there is this Miro board where there, there's this section where you can put your sticky notes about something and something and this. And one person in the meeting says, uh, look at this screenshot which I have sent you in the chat. And I open it and everything which I had planned to be done in one hour was actually there in that screenshot, already done and dusted. That was, that's how your team members think. They are grown up and they have good intention to contribute towards the organization. So that's why I, that was a pleasant surprise for me. So your team actually is a box of, or a treasure of, uh, treasure box of pleasant surprises. And you have a great team to give you that. You're gonna expand that to Forrest Gump? Your team is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was I. I watched Forrest Gump like twenty years ago. Yeah, almost. So you I must don't have stuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember my mama used to say, "That's it." <laughs> but it, it's true. It's it's all about our approach and our intentions as leaders someone said earlier about giving trust then we also get trust back absolutely lovely great conversation and Abhishek will come to you last but by no means least and you've asked what is the role of a leader in a self-organized team so give us some context behind that question first of all from next time I will not put my question forward as the first person reason being that we have already discussed this question so many times <laughs> over and over again. So it started with Bear's first question on what should a leader do, list of activities. And we just deviated away from uh, uh, com completely. We didn't talk about a non-self-organized team. So we basically talked about the act list of activities which a self-organized teams to, uh, teams leader has to do. But even then, I will throw it out to, to get your thought about if your team is already self-organized, then what do you do? Brilliant. Does anyone have any first thoughts? I like it. It's not that really much that you can do, but 
I think you should encourage the team, keep encouraging the team to be self-organized. That's, I think that's quite important. I got a question when I was quite new in the tech industry and the higher management were uh, quite, uh, ah, they were stressed about the not delivering, the team wasn't doing what they were doing. And they thought the developers were just playing around and doing nothing. So we did an, uh, an experiment and we thought that, okay, we let go of management for a day. So um, we, we had this theoretical experiment with the teams and said, okay, if you can do whatever you want, a couple of sprints, what would you do? And uh, if, if the complaints from the higher management would be true, then they would have just played around. But uh, that wasn't true. They just dropped everything they just did and improved a lot of stuff yes. for the company. So they actually do exactly know what they want to do and they they manage it totally. And and that's one way to use how how strong it is to have self-leading teams. And that I think you as a leader has to encourage and remind them of that they are self-leading and that we have the trust in you and we want you to do this and we want you to to get the company going forward. Absolutely. It's a bit like, um, I know we're trialing it in the UK at the moment. I don't know whether Sweden are doing it, but a four day week where we let everyone have one day off a week and, you know, productivity and, and people get things done in four days the same amount as if they had five days because they are self-motivated they want to have that extra day off at the weekend and everyone's more productive so again it comes back to trust and, and being self-motivated in saying right if I can do this quicker if I have this incentive to do my work faster and better why would I not do that um so it very interesting Frederick what do you think yeah uh, as I said also I think we we discussed this uh back and forth a bit and uh, I also think these self-motivating teams they they will they will do they know best right so it's it's again the trust uh, I think per, it was interesting that you did that in experiment uh, really really <laughs> good that uh, leaders uh, or the management wanted to do that to see because it it gives you they a clear didn't picture. they didn't want it to be there. Oh, okay, okay. You, you, you did it. But then, yeah. uh, kudos to you to 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 do that uh, and uh, and uh, get that in, in uh, as proof that the teams will do. Uh, from my side, I also have um, like I think it's different if you have uh, development teams that works in sprints. I also manage teams that that doesn't do that, uh, like SRE teams and things like that. Uh, but uh, I think this the even if they don't really control their their own sprint and can always there's a lot of unplanned work. Um, the motivation to improve is still there. You still want to make sure you you do things better and improve. So I think uh, it's still true. But yeah, lovely Thomas. Yeah, I'm glad your experiment uh, turned out the way it did because <laughs> uh, that's sort of. Uh, would be quite bad if it was the opposite. Um, some are wondering, is a manager needed when, when there are self-organizing teams? Uh, and I, say, I think yes, even more so. Uh, it's more difficult for us. Uh, how do you, do you lead the team and what do you do when, when, when they are self-organized? But I think it's more work on the side or, or outside of the team, like building culture and removing obstacles, perhaps shielding the team from from unnecessary things that are coming, helping them focus, clarifying things, or uh, yeah, doing that by by coaching, as, as I think you were mentioning, Frederick. Yeah. And also be being adaptable because. Uh, the way I do it is there's no standard way of doing it. We we need to adopt and, and the situation and, and do whatever is needed there and now. Absolutely. Abhishek, we'll throw it back to you. Yeah, I again um, completely agree with uh, um, with all of you. 
I don't remember that particular example very well, so I will not use it. It's more about uh, the different types of teams uh, from a range of uh, being very chaotic to a very, very self-organized. And uh, how does not having a manager in a team or having a leader in the team affect the team, even if the team is uh, complete, completely self-organized? Uh, they they can be self-organized for a while. It's, I mean, that's that's what I think is they can be self-organized for a while, but after after some time, they need somebody to look up to for guidance. What to do next? What else to do we do? Because their job is not to manage. Their job is to sit there and code, write extremely fantastic code there. They can do it for a short duration of time, but after a while, they start getting annoyed with the administrative stuff which comes and falls in in that area. And that's where we come in. So look, listening to all of you, that is what I reflect upon. The need of a leader in a team which is self-organized. Brilliant, lovely. Does anyone have some final thoughts about what makes a good leader as a topic as a whole before we finish off? Do you all consider yourselves good leaders? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not really sure. I think I think uh, I'm evolving, and that's about le yes. leadership. What exactly. it is, evolving exactly. all the time. Of course, you get better at it. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's yeah. uh, it doesn't it's it's not a never-ending story the topic exactly. of being good leader. Absolutely. Well, we'll leave it there. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank Per, Frederick, Thomas and Abhishek for providing their insights into the topic and thank you for listening. If you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at abby.stokes at evolutionnordics.com. See you next time.